Hey everyone, I'm Chris, one of the pastors at The Way Church, and we're in the middle of a unique series during the month of August. We're hearing from different voices, different pastors, uh, bringing different words. And today I'm speaking with Pastor Bruce Brown, who's a pastor in Vancouver. Gonna hear a bit about your story. and I'm just excited to have you here with us. Thank you so much for coming and speaking to everyone. Why don't you take a moment and uh, tell us a bit about yourself really quick here. Yeah. Okay, thank you, Chris. Uh, my name uh, is uh, Bruce Brown. I'm uh, from Haida Gwaii. Uh, that's just uh, uh, 100 miles uh, west of uh, Prince Rupert area. I was raised uh, most of my life there. And um, when I was uh, when I was a, uh, a young boy, uh, I was taken away from from mass. Eh? Uh, but uh, in the meantime, I'm married. I have uh, I have a, a Haida wife as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, right now, she's working with uh, Indian Residential School Society, mm-hmm. and uh, she's number two in the organization. And mm-hmm. uh, and she really loves her job. Eh? Mm-hmm. She's always interacting uh, with uh, with native people, mm-hmm. especially the ones uh, who are hurt uh, mm-hmm. in Indian residential schools. Right. I mean, I'd love to to ask you about that. So mm-hmm. we're in, we're a newer church in the city of Vancouver, and we're aware, as is everyone, mm-hmm. about the horrific impact of residential schools and the continuing legacy mm-hmm. of that impact, how it's affected, uh, you know, Métis and Inuit and, and First Nations people. And, and you're a, a pastor in the city. You've been a pastor in the city for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I'd, I think it would be really um, eye-opening and helpful for everyone to hear a bit more about your your story. Okay, I was, uh, I've been a pastor uh, with the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada for about 50 years and uh, uh, I went to, um, uh, I went to uh, college down in Seattle and the reason I chose Seattle and down there was my, my sister lived down there mm-hmm. and she became a Christian and uh, it really affected me quite a bit to see the startling change of my my uh, strong sister. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I went to the day school when I was uh, um, uh, uh, five years old. I went to an Indian day school, they call it. And uh, at, the, at a lot of those Indian day schools, um, it was even tougher than Indian residential schools. Mm-hmm. And so there was a lot of abuses that were done to us. Um, and of course, uh, being five years old, uh, and uh, uh, watching um, some of the older native guys, we had one big guy there. He was about six four or something big, but uh, um, but they, everybody called him stupid all the time, and including the teachers, say, and uh, and they made fun of him. And uh, every time he did something wrong, they would put him up before the class, and they would make him drop his pants, and they would whip him uh, from behind. And hit his back all the way down into uh, the back of his legs and stuff like that, and he had to endure that so many times uh, that I remembered when I was just a young young. When boy. you were five, you yeah, saw that. five yeah. years old. So we had to watch that all the time, and uh, for me, uh, uh, that was very traumatic. I was terrified of uh, principals and teachers. Mm-hmm. 
And then when I was in Indian residential school in Alert Bay, um, we had uh, an RCMP officer there uh, who was fired from the RCMP because he was a pedophile. And uh, so where did they send him? They sent him to our Indian residential school with 300 kids. And he just had his way with all of us, eh? and so uh, uh, he he was in pedophile heaven, you know, and uh, he could do whatever he wanted with us. And he was a he was a six foot six guy. He was a monster, and uh, inside and outside, uh, he used to take me into his room and uh, and do seances with me and force me to do seances with him. Uh, uh, I was uh, I was. Uh, uh, seven years old at the time when I went to, to that Indian residential school and um, uh, he would give me smokes and I would uh, smoke with him and uh, he taught me how to smoke he taught me how to do Ouija boards and mm. talk to God that he said you know in that area mm. and uh, I've never experienced any of those things in my life before so um, uh, and then, of course, he would uh, he would do his sexual uh, acts on on us in his room, and it was right next to our dormitory. So, but he was terrifying. Uh, in the morning, if I slept in, uh, he would have a five-gallon pail full of water. Mm-hmm. He had a couple of them walking around, and if anybody was sleeping after the bell went off uh, early in the morning, and uh, he would take the five-gallon and dump it on you. And then he'd make you make the bed and everything else like that. We had to keep our clothes on. Uh, we had to keep the bed and fix it up. It had to be just perfect. And then when we came back from school, um, uh, we had to sleep in it again uh, that night. And so With it all uh, that, that was our discipline, you know, uh, to keep us from uh, sleeping in it or anything else like that. So he was terrifying. And uh, he was uh, one of the ugliest guys I've ever seen in my life, you know. And, and uh, add that all up, it was a ter- terrifying uh, time uh, being with him in that area. Uh, but he told me, he said, he told me his story. He was an RCMP officer. You know, it, that whole story traumatized me inside. Mm-hmm. From that moment on, any time I saw a uniformed officer, mm. I would tremble. You know, like I would just start to shake inside. I would be fearful. I couldn't even talk because they would ask me a question. My mind was blanked out, mm. and I was just terrified. Yeah, just it, uh, somehow I connected this 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 uh, man uh, with uh, the authority in the RCMP in that area, and uh, I don't know. You know, uh, it is easy to connect that, but. Uh, to put them two together when I was so young, it was so uh, misaligned, you know, in that area. But it affected my life. And, uh, and uh, you were seven years all, old. All my life, yeah. I was seven and years old. And then how long were you in the school? Uh, I stayed in the school just over a year. Um, um, uh, we were very hungry there. Um, uh, um, all the time, we were hungry. And so uh, one day I was on garbage detail. I found a squirrel peanut butter uh, can, uh, uh, you know, they're, uh, they're good size. Mm-hmm. I don't know, uh, it might have been before your time, squirrel peanut butters, and, but it was famous in our time. <laughs> and uh, uh, I found it in the garbage can, 
And so I thought I really discovered something good. Eh? Peanut butter is good, you know, <laughs> for kids anyway. And uh, so I, I opened up the can uh, after school. I hid it in the, I, I took it and I hid it in the bush and buried it and I kept it there and I opened it up and uh, the peanut butter was usually brown, but it was green all the way through. But I ate the whole thing. So that's how hungry, that's how hungry I was, you know, uh, in that area. And so uh, it took away a lot of that hunger and stuff. And, and I had that there for days, just to eat a little bit at a time in that area. And so I ended up, I got TB and uh, tuberculosis. Yeah, tuberculosis. Yeah. And uh, so I got that disease, which was very prevalent among Native people at that time. Mm. Uh, we were just not, uh, um, uh, we were so susceptible to, uh, to the disease. And then, of course, I got it. And uh, all through that year, I would cry at night. That's when the pain was happening. Uh, sometimes I'd spit blood. Uh, they would just ignore that. Um, and then I would cry. They would, uh, after they closed the lights and everything, anybody makes any noise, they're punished severely for that. And so I was uh, punished a lot because I would cry at night. I would cry, I'd have the pillow over my, my head, and the other kids would be saying, Bruce, stop it, stop it, you know, and it, it gets noisy. Mm -hmm. and, the, and of course, the supervisor is waiting for that. And she opens the door, turns on all the lights, strips me down naked, and beats me uh, in front of everybody, wakes everybody up, and then... Uh, and then beats me. Uh, I don't know how many times I was beaten, whipped like that uh, 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 in the Indian residential school, mm -hmm. seven years old. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the stuff was very traumatic. Mm -hmm. uh, we, saw, we saw a principal coming, we hid away mm -hmm. because the principal would have been a pedophile sometime, many of them. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, so a lot of our supervisors were pedophiles and others in that area. So, you know, there was lots of trauma that were mm -hmm. uh, involved in uh, our experiences in Indian residential school. Yeah. And that's why there's so much, you know, uh, that comes uh, from that history of Indian residential school. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, later on, when I became a pastor, I gave my heart to Jesus. I got saved. It took me a, a, a few years to forgive the people that hurted me and, and uh, caused all these problems in my life. Uh, there were many, and uh, I wasn't a, uh, wasn't a, a law-abiding citizen, <laughs> you know? And uh, so uh, uh, I had a lot of problems in my life. And so um, uh, this, uh, um, uh, this kind of uh, led me to my brother-in-law when he got saved, it really startled me. Because he was a pretty, uh, um, he was a pretty hard-working guy, and, and uh, loved his drinking and stuff like that. My sister did too, partying all the time, and uh, they gave their hearts to Jesus, and they gave, they got saved, uh, and they were transformed. They were living in Seattle. Uh, he was uh, he was working in the high-rise buildings and uh, and uh, doing very well down there as a carpenter. And so they invited us down, and, uh, and we went down, and uh, that was on, uh, that was on um, 
uh, for a New Year's service at the church. He said, Bruce, I'm going to take you to a New Year's service. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, uh, I guess so. <laughs> you know, I didn't really want to go or anything like that. And it wasn't, uh, uh, wasn't on my favorite list or anything like that. Yeah, I guess like not, yeah. yeah. And um, so we got there on, on Thursday, on Friday. Um, we, went, uh, we went to the New Year's service. And then uh, uh, we both, uh, uh, a guy preached there. And the conviction was so strong. I finally said to my wife, uh, I said, Adeline, um, I said, uh, I'm going to go forward. Do you want to come? And uh, she said, no. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. No. <laughs> and because uh, uh, she had, was actually planning to leave me after our trip to, uh, uh, to visit. She wanted to buy clothes and things for the kids. And then she was going to leave me really? because I was just, uh, I was a, a not very... Uh, not a very good husband at all uh, for her and the children. And I was drunk all the time and uh, fighting. And at uh, times I would beat her up when I came home drunk. I didn't know what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And I'd feel sorry and say I'm sorry, but I'd do it again, you know. Mm -hmm. And so she was just tired of it and uh, did the, was planning the right thing mm -hmm. to leave me. Mm -hmm. And um, <clears throat> uh, so I wondered, I said, I'm going anyway, Adeline. I said... I I got I need help I need help here you know I don't know what to do mm -hmm. so I went and I knelt down I gave my heart to Christ and I cried and while I was there repenting they were they were t telling me how to repent and stuff like that and and uh, my I felt my wife slip sit beside, kneel down beside me and then they went to her and they led her to Christ too. And so that night, it just there was just something happened inside, you know, that just total, total uh, newness of of uh, uh, of a presence wow. inside of me, eh? and just wave after wave, the presence of God came into my life, and I needed that so bad, you know, I needed the presence of God like that, mm -hmm. uh, the grace of God to come inside and set me totally free. And uh, uh, and then on Sunday, that was Saturday night. On Sunday, we went to the morning service. The pastor, uh, he knew about us, and he came to me and he says, uh, uh, "Mr. Brown, when are you going back to Canada?" And I said, "Right after the service." Then he turned around to his uh, uh, to one of his deacons and he says, "Go fill the tank up. We're going to have a baptism for two people." And so uh, we got baptized. Three days. Uh, we were saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, baptized in water, and we went back to our village. Wow. Totally transformed. Mm -hmm. uh, 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 just before I came down, uh, about two days before I came down, uh, we had a big uh, party in our house, mm -hmm. and uh, they kicked out all our big windows. I woke up on the lawn. Uh, I was passed out on the lawn. Uh, all bloody, somebody was beating on me and stuff like that, and and uh, the the place was a wreck, you know. And uh, and two days later, we went down. I got saved, filled with all. He got baptized, came back, and and I was just transformed, you know. Like uh, I got all my witchcraft books because that that uh, that uh, fellow that 
uh, supervisor in Alert Bay mm -hmm. taught me how to do seances. Mm -hmm. That's where I went to try to find God and witchcraft and other mm -hmm. things like that. I read all kinds of books on it, and I was actually kind of uh, 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 demonized, you know. Demon, de uh, devils used to sit on me and, mm -hmm. and talk with me and stuff like that. And so I was, I knew I was going crazy eh, in mm -hmm. that area. Uh, but when I gave my heart to Christ, all of that stuff broke away from me. Wow. And I just read and devoured the Word of God, read the Word of God, studied everything I could, and it just became a part of me in that area. We had no pastor in our village, mm -hmm. and so I ended up, uh, the elders of the village that uh, we used to have home meetings, mm -hmm. and uh, they made me the pastor because I studied so much and mm -hmm. everything else like that. And uh, so I ended up uh, being appointed by them yeah. and ordained by them. Yeah. <laughs> not, not the PAOC, but uh, the elders. Right, right. And so uh, uh, I, I did that for a while. I was elected after that. I was elected as chief in the village. Mm. And, uh, and uh, I became uh, very involved in politics as well. How did they respond to the fact that you were all of a sudden claiming to be a follower of Jesus. It was a shock for the village because yeah. uh, I was kind of a, a terror, you know, mm. unpredictable and stuff. Mm. And then all of a sudden I was running around telling everybody about Jesus, you know. And, and you became the chief and, and your marriage, obviously you're 54 years uh, in, so it, that... It, it got saved. Mm. <laughs> I got saved and our marriage got saved. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you a question. I mean, it's hard for, uh, I think, everyone listening, most people listening, to even conceive of some of the things you went through as a child at the hands of those running the residential schools where you were forced to attend. And I'm a parent myself. My daughter just turned eight. Mm -hmm. So you were talking about when you were yeah. seven. And it's also, I think, hard. So young. Yeah, and it's hard for, like, there's people listening who are followers of Jesus and people who are exploring Christianity. Mm -hmm. And they hear about the Kamloops Residential School and the 215 kids and the unmarked graves and many more. And they, they might be wondering how, given what the church and the government did to you, people you knew, friends growing up, uh, in the name of Jesus, in many instances, or under the banner, we could say, of Christianity and the church. Mm -hmm. How could you ever come to a place where you would become, a, believe in Jesus and even become a pastor? Mm -hmm. uh, when I first got, uh, when I first um, came back to Masset, it took me about a year to finally sort out in my mind um, how it worked with, uh, you asked me that question earlier, how it worked with the uh, churches uh, versus Christ, eh? Mm -hmm. And, uh, and... Uh, like they're not the same necessarily. Right? No, yeah. they're, uh, they're not. And, uh, you know, that reminds me of that parable that Jesus uh, talked about, the tares and the wheat. Mm -hmm. And he said, let the wheat uh, grow, uh, let the tares grow amongst the wheat. And when the harvest comes, they will be separated. Right. And the tares will be taken and cast into hell and the wheat will be taken and, uh, and taken care of, mm -hmm. you know, in that area. Yeah. And so uh, every one of us, uh, our denominations are all responsible. Mm -hmm. our, our leadership, every 
uh, every church is responsible for uh, walking in accordance to the word of God and to walk in the love of Christ, you know, and forsake uh, what I was. And, and I endeavored to become what Christ was. And I'm still endeavoring to do that, you know, working in that area in my life. And uh, so um, uh, that's the foremost um, uh, area, uh, I think, um, necessary thing to understand about our being in different denominations. Mm -hmm. God didn't call us to denominations. Mm -hmm. He called us to Christ. And it's man-made, the denominations. And they have so many uh, different uh, variations, you know, of uh, doctrines. Mm -hmm. And uh, some of the doctrines are not according to the Word of God. Mm -hmm. And so um, uh, uh, we really need to start facing that uh, in, uh, in Canada here. And uh, be accountable, you know, to the, even to the doctrines of the Word of God. If we're going to serve Jesus, then we should serve him with all of our heart. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what I gathered from my prayers and fasting and calling on God, mm -hmm. ministering to my people about the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and uh, uh, I still loved the Anglican people. You know, mm -hmm. and uh, it wasn't their fault, you know, mm -hmm. that, uh, that they had some kind of a leadership like that who would take advantage uh, of uh, the Haida people in the village. Mm -hmm. When I think about Canada and I think about the diversity of followers of Jesus, people with European descent, people, descendants of settlers, there's people who are Métis who are followers of Jesus, First Nations, Inuit. Uh, people from all over the world in this country together that make up this, the church mm. of Jesus Christ in different denominations, but, you know, one church. What do you think is the church's responsibility in our moment when it comes to issues of truth and reconciliation? We hear about those words a lot, um, rightly so. Uh, but I wonder if you could speak to, just from your own personal perspective or story, the church's responsibility uh, in this area moving forward. Mm -hmm. We want to acknowledge the past, repent of the past, learn from the past. We never want to forget the past. But there's also the sense in which we want to move forward. And so I'm, I wonder if you could speak to, to that area as well. Okay, I've been in leadership with the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada for a long time. Uh, I was uh, um, uh, almost all the time that I've been down in this area, I've been in all across Canada in leadership meetings mm -hmm. for years and years and years. And uh, sometimes just banging our heads against the table and not going anywhere. You know, Talking about what to do, how to move forward. How to yeah. move forward, how to allow natives to become... Uh, their own um, visionaries mm -hmm. uh, allow us to, to float up uh, to places of le real leadership in mm -hmm. that area and be able to make some of our own decisions based on reaching out to Native people themselves. Do you think this, uh, the things that need to be done are far broader than the PAOC or Pentecostal Assemblies of oh, Canada? These, of this speaks to all denominations, the church in yeah. Canada. That's what I was going to say yeah. here. Uh, in our 
letter of apology, forgiveness, and uh, reconciliation between the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada, uh, we worked it out for about three years with, uh, with uh, leadership, native leadership right across Canada. We have over 100 churches that belong to the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada uh, in native churches across Canada. That's not very many. You know, uh, when we had 300 uh, 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 villages in BC alone, right. <laughs> you know, and, and so uh, um, uh, there's a lot of work to be done amongst all the denominations mm -hmm. as well. And so we, we, we worked this out, and this is what, uh, what they came up with on their side of the apology. And I'll bring it up not to uh, 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 criticize or anything like that, but we worked hard in this here. And it's well worded um, uh, for the purposes of reconciliation and to strengthen our mutual relationship. PAUC leadership apologizes and asks forgiveness of our Aboriginal leadership. And this was done with 2,000 pastors in, in Ontario. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, for attitudes and accents that have demonstrated discrimination and insensitivity. And so they took it upon themselves to say, we uh, uh, have responsibilities as well, and we failed in some of those areas. And uh, for not entrusting uh, with responsibility uh, when appropriate. Mm -hmm. For derogatory words that have been spoken. Uh, for the sin of silence and omission, when our voice should have been raised in ministry and healing offered. Mm -hmm. For our failure to address the hurts and harmful practices within residential schools. And that was a, a huge one, eh? Mm -hmm. And uh, people, many other denominations didn't uh, feel that they had any part in that, so they did, really didn't need to um, uh, be involved in it, you know, with the Native people. And our desire as Pentecostal leadership is to be in a right relationship with our Aboriginal community and demonstrate a mutual commitment to prepare a next generation of leaders who will fulfill the great command, the great uh, requirement and great commission uh, together. And uh, then it's just to honor our diversity, mm. which is really important here. Yeah? Uh, you know, uh, you have, a, you have a, a fairly new church here, young people, I understand, and that's so awesome. Mm. You know, bless you guys, mm. <laughs> doing the will of the Lord, and uh, and that's awesome. And uh, so there's a diversity down here, and mm. and uh, we can see that you're so interested mm. in the fact that you want to diversify. You don't want to just be, you know, uh, us, and that's uh, that's it. But you want to reach out to to every soul to the immigrants, you know, who have come uh, into Canada and become citizens as well and, uh, and to forsake their God and to come and know the living God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And then uh, to share in vision and ministry development together. And that was a really big one, you know, and uh, um, <clears throat> that uh, we got tied in that some, sometimes and, and we still are in that area uh, in order to in order to change if they have a culture that is not from the word of god you have to know their culture in order to have transformation take place you can't just assume that it's wrong you know right. uh, uh, because 
so much of our belief uh, prior to the uh, to the uh, people first coming on, uh, the traders and explorers coming into uh, our territory, um, they assumed that all of that stuff was uh, uh, was witchcraft and other things, and it wasn't. Mm -hmm. And uh, 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 our old uh, our old elders, they teach, they brought us up in that, mm. and how to respect God, how to pray to Him, mm. how to honor our families, uh, you know, in that area. Uh, but uh, when they came, the drunkenness came, the, uh, the, the, the lies, the false uh, agreements that were made were all broken, including our government. And so uh, that, that causes uh, uh, close to 300 years of, of that kind of stuff, you know. And so uh, we have to be ready to be able to reconcile truth and reconciliation. Mm -hmm. The truth. Now the truth is coming out. Uh, we knew about it, about our children. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's very hurtful. Mm -hmm. But uh, in a way, uh, the truth has come out. Now mm -hmm. reconciliation has to take place yeah. uh, with our government, uh, with the Canadian people. Mm -hmm. And our Canadian people, uh, so many of them uh, are realizing that mm -hmm. the truth is coming out now and uh, and people can look at it and uh, and make a good uh, a good proper reconciliation no lies no mm -hmm. uh, no falsehoods eh? and to promise equality in our relationship as we move forward mm -hmm. and so that's very important uh, uh, in in those areas and so this is a a document involving a certain denomination, but really it is for the church for all the in church, Canada. Yeah. I'm only bringing this out as an example yeah, and of this, this particular denomination, which I'm in, uh, wanting, wanting, mm -hmm. wanting to see change. And it feels like it's such a complex reality, and mm -hmm. we need to learn from people like yourself who've walked the path of real forgiveness, real reconciliation. And we're such a young church, you know, and we're just learning um, mm. and listening and really want to partner with First Nations people to learn from them and awesome. to walk with them. And uh, we just appreciate your voice and your willingness to speak uh, so boldly and truthfully into our community. Mm. That's a real gift to us. And would love to, I always, you know, I love to have spiritual fathers. I think mm -hmm. churches need them as well. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you've pastored in the city for a long time. You're one of the fathers of the city, spiritually speaking. And so to have your voice speak to us as a younger church means a lot. Mm -hmm. And I wonder, and I think of the list you read and it resonates with my heart and there's so much work to be done. It's so layered. It's so complex. Um, I wonder if you could pray Mm -hmm. into those things, yes. uh, if that would be okay. That would okay. be awesome. Maybe um, we could maybe that just, way. Yeah, maybe just before I pray, I'd like to say, you know, those that have been listening to my uh, testimony, uh, it's a testimony uh, of salvation. Mm -hmm. if, I never, if I never came and, and encountered the God of heaven and his son Jesus Christ and had the Holy Spirit come into my life, uh, there would have been no truth. There would have been no reconciliation in our life. 
I would have been divorced. I would have been dead by now. Uh, but I'm not, but because of salvation. Because I turned to Christ. I had nowhere else to go. Uh, maybe you have some other places to go. You think you have. But there's only one way, Jesus says. And that's through his son, Jesus Christ. And he made the way for us. And if you open your heart to him, Christ will come in. And uh, there'll be transformation in your life as well. And I just encourage you, if you're a young man, you're a young woman, and uh, you're sitting there and uh, uh, you have uh, the opportunity to listen to me, uh, then uh, I'm so grateful to uh, invite you to open your heart and receive Jesus Christ into your life. You would be so happy for eternity. Uh, Father, uh, we just thank you, oh God. Uh, uh, what a privilege to be here with young pastors, oh God, in, in the Way Church uh, here in Vancouver, and uh, full of excitement uh, what God is going to do uh, in their lives and through them, oh God. We pray the blessing of God over them, oh God. Lord, um, uh, seeing, oh God, the openness and the desire uh, to uh, not make mistakes that were made in the past, oh God. Uh, we, for, we forget the past. Mm. And uh, Lord, we embrace uh, this, uh, this newness of uh, expression, this newness of reconciliation, oh God, mm -hmm. to reach every heart mm -hmm. for Jesus Christ, oh God. To have uh, every person uh, have eternal life mm -hmm. uh, that they can... Uh, 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 manage in their um, church, oh God. And we just pray right now for them that this would take place. There would be an explosion, a revi revival explosion amongst them, oh God, in the name of Jesus Christ. We pray, Lord, uh, uh, that, uh, that there would uh, uh, be great excitement, oh God, amongst them. There would be vision. And Lord, they would have visionary uh, um, uh, talks together. Uh, and they would expand and develop, and they would be the leaders, oh God, to help us to bring proper reconciliation into the denominations, into the different uh, nations that have come onto our shores, oh God, and have become citizens of Canada. Uh, we pray for that, oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, that Lord, uh, that... Uh, uh, you would be pleased uh, with Canada. You would be pleased uh, with our government, O oh God. Mm -hmm. And we do pray for our government, Lord. Mm -hmm. uh, made many, many mistakes in the past. And they're scrambling now, Father, uh, to try to correct them. And uh, we just pray mm -hmm. for them, mm -hmm. uh, Father, that you would hide, uh, help them uh, and, and not hide or... Uh, not leave things out, O oh God, but bring everything to light uh, that we as Canadians may move forward in proper reconciliation, O oh God, and the development of our country uh, to become a Christian, Father, once again. In Christ Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.